Come on, Katie, we need to get a good spot. Michael pulled Katie along till they finally came to the edge of the ship. This looks like a good spot. Katie noticed as she looked around that he had picked a spot where there was a small crack in the ship's side above the water level for air to come through. On one side of them was a family from Cork, and on the other was a young couple from a village they hadn't heard of. Michael said he would take the lower bunk, so she climbed up to the upper bunk. Katie was about to settle in when she realized she had not gone to the bathroom since they had left home, and she had to go badly. She climbed down and started off to find it. Where are you going? To the bathroom, if you must know. Uh, okay, Michael said as he stood there. Katie went off and finally found the area set aside for the bathroom. The bathroom was a bucket behind a curtain that would be emptied once a day, except during bad weather. As Katie was coming back, a man blocked her path. How would you like to dance with me, beautiful? Please move and just let me through. Come on, just one dance. She tried to slip by him, but he grabbed her arm and spun her around. As he turned around, she saw a fist flash before her eyes. The man released his her arm, and with a stunned look, fell to the floor. Michael stood over him. Next time a, ye a lady asks you to let her pass, you might let her. The man started to get up, and Katie thought she saw a glint of steel in his hand. She was not about to find out, so she pulled Michael away. When they got back to their spot, Michael asked, Are you okay? Yes, are you? Yes, my fist is sore. That's all. Thank you. No problem. She looked at Michael, comparing him in her mind to Tom. He was shorter and stockier than Tom. He was tall and thin. Both were handsome, but Michael was rugged, while Tom was handsome to almost, Tom was handsome to the point of almost being pretty. Michael had thick auburn hair that never seemed to stay where it was supposed to. He had a full face that turned red when he was mad or embarrassed. He had a hearty laugh and a gift for Gab. His nose, which had been broken at some time in his youth, was slightly crooked. Katie now remembered that as they got older and became teenagers, all the women admired Tom, but he, they liked Michael, and he liked them. We need to figure out a something else for the bathroom. It's too dangerous where it is now. You are right, said the young man who sat next to them. My wife had a problem with that group yesterday. I've heard they've been causing trouble since they came aboard, stated another neighbor. Then another neighbor chimed in. Maybe since someone stood up to them, they will stop. Katie hoped they were right, but the look she saw in the man's eyes told her that Michael would need to watch his back. She had grown up with men like these, and she knew their memory was long. After a lengthy, lengthy discussion, they agreed that the two men would escort any woman to the bathroom. The young couple to their right was Brian and May, and to their left was Robert and Colleen. Robert and Colleen had two ch small children, Danny and Courtney. Katie noticed that Colleen was quite thin and coughed constantly. 
Katie recognized the cough. She remembered her mother having it. She didn't remember much else about her mother, but she did remember that cough. She prayed that she was wrong, but something told her she wasn't. The ship they sailed on was called the Morgan. It had seen better days, originally being commissioned as a merchant ship 15 years ago. It had gone through several owners and was clearly on its last legs. The bottom deck was filled with livestock, grain, and the rats that had come aboard. Most passengers were in steerage. A few passengers who could afford it were on the upper deck along with the crew. The first couple of days the ocean was calm and the passengers were allowed on the upper deck of the ship. Katie got her sea legs quickly and went good there any time she could. She loved the smell of the sea and the roll of the ship. Michael did not. You know you don't have to come up with me. I will be okay. No, I'm, I'm fine, Michael said as his face got this inquisitive look and he stumbled toward the edge of the ship and threw up. Katie smiled. Right, you're fine. Michael just groaned back at her. On the fourth day, a storm hit and the ship pitched back and forth and to and fro. The passengers were forced to stay below and seasickness became rampant. The smell of vomit began to mix with the other smells below the deck. Katie was okay. However, Michael swore he was dying and called on every saint he could think of, and some Katie, were, Katie was almost positive were not. I'm going to die. I very much doubt it, Katie said, smiling as she made him eat some gruel. Write to my family when you get to America for me. Michael or Shannon, you're not going to die, so stop being a baby. Michael just moaned in reply. Sure enough, as soon as the storm blew by and the sea calmed down, Michael got better. On the sixth day, a mother and a newborn infant died. Both were taken up on deck to be buried at sea. The passengers were allowed on deck for the funeral. Although they were sad for the young man who had been left alone with his small child in tow, they had to admit the fresh air felt good and were sorry when they had to go below. Their diet consisted of warm soup, which was made of vegetable and some meat that was mostly fat, porridge, and bread. The passengers began to joke that the bread, which had weevils in it, had more meat than the soup. Any fresh fruit or vegetables that the passengers had brought with them was gone within a few days. Like the steerage itself, the food became gray and boring. Luckily, Michael and Katie had made friends with a German couple who had boarded the ship in England, who shared with them something they called sauerkraut. Some of the neighbors complained about the smell, but Katie and Michael both liked the sharp taste and were sad when it was gone. A couple weeks into the voyage, Katie and Michael woke to, up to shouts coming from Robert and Colleen's area. Wake up, Mommy, please wake up. They could see Michael, they could see Robert shaking Colleen as Danny and Cle Courtney pleaded with him. Why wouldn't she wake up, Daddy? Please wake up, dear. Oh, God, please wake up. Both Katie and Michael headed toward the berth, along with Brian and May, Katie, 
Katie and May gathered the two children up and drew them away. Come on, so your father can take care of your mom. Katie knowingly, Katie, knowing that Colleen was already in God's hand, looked at May and shook her head. Katie made the sign of the cross and prayed, wondering if God heard her prayer. There was a priest aboard, but he seemed to disappear except for during Mass. All of a sudden she felt very small. Cold air that seemed to come from nowhere hit her and she shivered as Michael as she heard Michael say, Robert, she's in God's hand. Robert just moaned no and kept rocking Colleen's body back and forth. Brian and May took the children back to their berth and quietly talked to them until they went to sleep. Katie went back and sat next to Michael. He was talking to Robert in a slow and steady voice until Robert finally released Colleen's body. Robert didn't move, though he just sat there staring off in space. The priest came by, but it was too late. Katie was already gone.